0: We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day and your weekend went well. It's Monday morning and we're waiting for more stuff to come to pass as this week wears on. We did have a little excitement over the weekend, some good news. We've been hearing a lot of good news lately. And uh, I don't know if I should be worried about that or just be happy about it. I think we should just be happy. I think we're going to be hearing a lot more good news as time goes on. We spent five, six years of hearing nothing but bullshit and bad news. It's about time it shifted. Now, of course, this weekend, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act is uh, passed in the Senate and is poised to give President Joe Biden another major legislative victory ahead of November's midterm elections. Democrats celebrated after the bill passed by roaring in applause and hugging one another on the Senate floor. Aides who were intimately involved in the negotiations were wiping away tears in jubilation. Now, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said that the bill would endure as one of the defining legislative feats of the 21st century. I like that. That's great. That's awesome. But the one thing that always troubles me when they talk about Build Back Better or this particular bill and how it's transitional, how it's a big deal, while it is a big deal, I don't know that it should be. These bills that are intended to help we, the middle class, seem to be rare and few and far between, which is contrary, in my mind, as to why these fucks are in Washington, D.C. They are supposed to be taking care of us and the needs of this country. So now they come along with a bill like this, and and don't get me wrong, I appreciate it, and I, I appreciate all that's been done. But now we're supposed to jump for joy because it's such an oddity. I say we should be pissed off that it's just an oddity, that we need to have some kind of shift with government to get them to understand what, in fact, their job really is. Not paying money to the rich, not pouring money into uh, the Defense Department to take a look at the people in the middle class and take care of them because that's the one thing that's going to help this country grow and prosper. But in spite of that, they refuse to do it. So I'm happy this bill passed. But keep in mind, it's just a few things cherry-picked out of the bigger Build Back Better bill that should have passed, if not for Joe Manchin and Christian cinema. So I'm glad it passed. I'm glad it passed for a couple of reasons. It's going to do a lot of good for this country, especially with the climate change and health care. These are two areas that needed to be addressed, and I'm thankful that they're doing that. I'm also appreciative of it because it's just one more thing to add on the list of Joe Biden's accomplishments. And let's be honest, now with the passing of this situation, Keep in mind, it's still got to pass the House, but it will pass the House and then it will go to Biden. He'll sign it. It'll be a done deal fairly soon. But turns out Joe Biden has got more legislative activity and successes in his first two years of the presidency. The most since LBJ, who went hog wild with a lot of stuff when he got into office with the uh, civil rights bill and that sort of thing. So they want that uh, on his resume, if you will, when you go into the midterms, uh, to show that the Democrats did a lot of things in spite of all the obstruction that the Republicans tried to create. Uh, They still got a lot done and and a lot of beneficial things to this country, while at the same time, the Republicans were doing all these negative things to the country, Um, so And we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, The bill would make broad changes in energy, drug, and tax policies prior to some last-minute changes caused by procedural issues. The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office estimated the bill would cut the budget deficit by a little more than $90 billion over 10 years. Now, keep in mind, over four years, the Republican Party increased the deficit by $7 trillion. Democrats also claim another $200 billion in deficit reduction from the revenues that the government would collect from tougher IRS enforcement. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. The, the IRS is so poorly staffed that they can't police anything, which is exactly what the rich people want. They can cheat and steal, as we know Donald Trump has. He's going to court currently for attempting tax fraud, bank fraud, and insurance fraud. So this is rampant in this country because they've got nobody to police it. So by virtue of getting more people working in the IRS to oversee these kinds of issues, presumably that would mean they'd be pulling in more taxes, which would be Profitable for the United States of America, the bill sets aside hundreds of billions of dollars to fight climate change, including through in incentivizing clean energy technology. Senate Finance Committee Chair Ron Wyden, a Democrat of Oregon, said 260 billion would go toward clean energy tax credits, and that he called transformational. It's it's the biggest effort to deal with climate change we've seen in the history of this country. And again, climate change has been a problem for fucking decades. Why all of a sudden now? Well, I think it's largely due to the fact that the Republicans did everything they could to block it. And fortunately, somehow, Schumer and Manchin uh, pulled a fast one on Mitch McConnell and got this thing passed. And thank God for that. It's about time that the Democrats returned the favor to the Republicans, and got a little aggressive about this. The bill would also enact a change Democrats have sought for more than a decade to allow Medicare to negotiate with drug companies over the prices of prescription drugs. That kind of haggling was outlawed in 2003 Part D Prescription Drug Benefit Bill passed by the Republicans. Now, why why would you do that? Why would you open the door for letting these pharmaceutical companies be able to charge all these outrageous rates? We know that there are drugs you buy in this country that are virtually unaffordable, but you can go to Canada and get them much cheaper. I had somebody try to explain this to me one time because they said it was a good thing. And frankly, after I heard what they said, it's bullshit. You know, they say, well, if we don't charge this much, they won't keep doing testing and experimenting and find bigger and better drugs. Bullshit. If you're in business and you're selling whatever you're selling and you have the opportunity to generate and create something new for new income, you're going to fucking do it. You don't have to be awarded or, or rewarded before you even fucking do it. That's a bullshit answer, and it's not true. A separate provision of the legislation would extend a temporary set of subsidies for the Affordable Care Act that reduce the price of insurance that people buy directly through healthcare government, uh, healthcare.gov, or through state-run insurance exchanges like Pennsylvania's Penny and the Connect for Healthcare Colorado. For some insurance buyers, the subsidies lead to savings of hundreds or even thousands of dollars a year. The subsidies which Democrats enacted in 2021 as part of their pandemic relief package were set to expire this year. The Inflation Reduction Act has them staying in place through 2025. Now, I know about this one particularly. When uh, I retired and my wife retired, we were paying for our own insurance. And our insurance for both of us was $1,200 a month. That's significant. We were fortunate that it wasn't going to hurt us. My wife had another fund, which was her, I don't know if it was sick pay or something she'd built up. So we were able to subsidize those payments and be able to afford those. And then this new tax break came in, and then all of a sudden our health care was like seven hundred dollars a month, so we saved about five hundred dollars a month. That's significant, but had they not passed this, then come the end of December, it'd be back up to twelve hundred dollars. So I'm appreciative that they got that passed, <coughs> but there's something greater we have to do with with uh, the healthcare issue. I was talking about my insurance woes recently, and it's 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 just troubling to me you know when I first had I'm gonna get a cataract surgery on my left eye when I had one on my right eye way back when I got a real bad taste in my mouth you know I'd sit down and talk to them and there's some options you can go with um, for what kind of implant you put in the standard implant the cheap one if you will the economy model is the one that goes in your eye And allows you to see in a distance without any problem, but not up close. So now you have to use the cheater glasses to read, which is what I had to do. Now, when they did the first eye, it gave me better sight in the distance, which I didn't have. So that helped a lot. My left eye, I could still read up close. So between the two, I could do both. And that was good. And then I started getting the cataracts in the left eye. And now I can't see up close because I only have my right eye to look at. So I'll be glad to get all of that repaired. But the bad taste in my mouth was that as I'm sitting with the doctor on the first time I got my my cataracts, I felt like I was sitting with a uh, used car salesman. Well, here's the deal. You can get this standard one, this cheap one, it's fine, but you might as well go for something bigger. If you do one, you can do one where you can only see close up and have to have glasses for a distance. Well, that's stupid. Why would I do that? Uh, I can either buy dollar cheater glasses at Dollar Tree for close-up stuff, or get a flat-out prescription that I always have to wear for a distance. So that's not going to work. And besides, that would be more expensive than the base model, if you will. And then after that, they said, "Well, here's the deal. Here's the Cadillac, if you will, of the uh, implants. You can get one that's built the way, or or manufactured in a way where you can see the distance." And you can see up close, it's kind of like a bifocal within the lens. I go, that sounds cool. But it's double the price of the standard that you would normally get. Now, as I'm finding out, the coverage from my health care isn't all that great for these types of surgery. I'm still coming out of pocket with a lot of money. And what am I going to do? I mean, I can't see out of one eye, so I got to get it fixed. And as I told you when we were talking about this before, I I don't feel bad for me because I'm fine. I'll handle this stuff. But I've been a young man with a young family with not a lot of money. And I struggled with health care because of the cost and what it will cover and what it won't cover and all of that shit. And I've dealt with insurance companies doing everything they can to try to fuck me over. Uh, I, I think I told this story on a TikTok. I'm going to tell it here. Um, this was years ago. My son was small. Uh, He's maybe five years old and he needed tubes in his ears, which is weird because when I was young in the 60s, I needed them too. And that was when it was new. So anyways, we get We're going to get tubes in his ears and we have our health care through my work. And at the time, just before he was going to get his surgery on his ears, it was enrollment time. So I was going to re-enroll in the same thing I had. No big deal. Same thing I would do every other time. Except this time, I could stay with the same company, but they did away with that particular policy. So I had to take another policy. Okay, no big deal. I'll fucking take the other policy, which I did. So they put the tubes in my son's ears. Next thing I know, I get this huge bill. I go, what the fuck is this? Ah, uh, Well, he had a pre-existing condition. What? Are you fucking kidding me? Because I, I was forced to make the switch to something different. I was forced to. They used that opportunity to try to griff money out of me by saying he had a pre-existing condition. Well, he didn't. It was the same insurance company. We had to make the switch. There was no choice. And they weren't budging very hard. They weren't trying to help me at all. And uh, unlike a lot of folks, I tend to get loud and I will go after people. And I'm not talking about yelling or screaming, but I put some pressure on them. And I explained to them, here's the thing, you know this is bullshit. And I work for the Minneapolis Public Schools at this time, which is probably their biggest account. I told this person, I said, here's what's going to happen if you don't fucking cover this. The next school board meeting is in a week. I'm going to go speak at that school board meeting. And trust me, I'm a pretty decent speaker. And I'm going to explain this situation in detail. And I'm going to suggest to uh, the public schools and everybody in that building and everybody listening in on the radio that we should no longer use this company for the Minneapolis Public Schools because they are specifically and intentionally trying to fuck over their people. Now, I would have done that. Whether it would have any impact, I don't know. Now, the next one was kind of a bluff because I probably couldn't have got away with it but they didn't know that so I just did it anyway and I said besides that I happen to work in radio I talk a lot of, about a lot of things in radio my life and things like that you better believe this fucking story's going to come up and I'm going to spread it as far and wide as I can and I said my point here is is that you may or may not be concerned about the things I may or may not do you may not feel pressure about this, but I want you to understand something. Whatever it costs me to pay for this surgery, which I shouldn't have to pay, I am going to fight like hell to my dying day to make sure that money comes out of you, that you lose that money somehow. And if I can get you to lose more money, I'm going to fucking do it. You really want to play this game. And surprisingly, they fucking back down. <laughs> actually fucking back down. I could not believe that problem is, is we shouldn't have to do that. We shouldn't have to play games with our insurance companies. It's bad enough they charge us ridiculous rates, but then they have the audacity to question whether they're going to cover some things. I've always made this analogy. And I've had problems with insurance companies from the time I was young to now. Back in the days when I used to drive, if I had a ticket or something, I was paying crazy amounts in insurance. I still pay a lot of money for insurance, and I don't even have a bad record. Nobody has a bad record in my family. (sighs) But the way I look at these people is I get insurance people coming to me and say, Hey, Mike, take this. This will protect you. This will take care of you. If this happens, you're covered, so don't worry about it. Okay, so I do what everybody else has to do and get insurance. But the funny thing about insurance is they have a caveat that they don't tell you. The caveat is they say they offer you these services, but if you have the audacity to actually use one of the services you're paying for every fucking month, they go, oh, wait a minute, you actually use the service you're paying for? Yeah, now we're going to have to raise your rates for covering and providing the service they promised at the price I was fucking paying. That's ridiculous, and that's akin to, I don't know, going into McDonald's saying, I like a Big Mac, here's your five bucks, walk away, go sit down, take a bite on it, and have one of the McDonald's people come up to you and go, whoa, 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 wait a minute, you're going to eat that? Oh, no, see, here's the deal, it's five bucks if you buy the Big Mac, but if you're going to eat that fucking Big Mac, it's actually more like ten. Sounds silly, but that's the same sense I get out of out of insurance companies, I have a big heart on for insurance companies because I think they're a scam to a large part. There are some that are decent, and I've had okay experiences with some, but having one or two or three of them try to mess with you and try to steal money from you, literally steal money from you, puts a bad taste in my mouth. and then when I sit with a doctor who's acting like a like a used car salesman trying to get me to upgrade, I'm surprised he didn't want me to buy the fucking insurance on the uh, on the, the lens for my eye. Fucking crazy. Anyway, let's move on because there's a part of this, this bill that everybody's excited about that's kind of bullshit. The bill would also enact a change Democrats have sought for more than a decade to allow Medicare to negotiate with drug companies over the prices of prescription drugs. I pointed that out. Um, and that's good news. That's good news. But Senate ne- Democrats needed 10 Republican votes following a parliamentarian ruling, and they only got seven. And this was a proposal to cap insulin costs for people with private insurance. Uh, won't be a part of the sweeping climate and health care legislation that Senate Democrats are about to pass after the Republicans moved to strip it out of the bill on Sunday. The Democratic proposal needed 60 votes to survive, but only seven Republicans joined the chamber's 50 Democrats in voting yes. Now, the high price of insulin is among the best known of the extreme examples of high drug costs causing hardship for Americans. Insulin in the U.S. costs about 5 to 10 times what it does in other economically developed countries, according to research by the RAND Corporation. In one recent survey of the people with diabetes who take insulin, nearly 80% said it caused them financial difficulty. Among them are people who have private insurance but end up shouldering a large share of the cost directly because of high copayments in their drug coverage. Democrats had hoped to address that by limiting those co-payments to $35 a month, and the version of the Inflation Reduction Act they brought to the floor on Saturday included such a provision. This won't save money, it will save lives, says Patty Murray, Democrat of Washington. This should not be a hard vote to cast, but in order to pass legislation through a simple majority vote rather than the customary 60 it takes to overcome a filibuster, Democrats are using the budget reconciliation process. Now, the rules of the reconciliation stipulate that every legislative provision must have a direct significant impact on the federal budget. The Senate parliamentarian who advises the chamber on procedural questions ruled that the insulin cap for private insurance did not satisfy that requirement. So there you go. Republican Senator Chuck Grassley tweeted on Sunday during the debate over a component in the Inflation Reduction Act, that he would put a cap on the cost of insulin of $35. Now, in the United States, insulin costs over $98 per unit, whereas the rest of the world it's less than $10. The medication keeps many people alive. But when Grassley took to Twitter, he said that he voted to support insulin and that it was the Democrats who eliminated it from the bill. Why are prices so high? There are a lot of factors, but it boils down to the fact that the process of getting a drug from his manufacturer to be patient is too complex, opaque, and expensive. The pharmaceutical supply chain is wrought with special interests that often prioritize profits over patients. That's exactly what I was talking about. That was never to be the case. Now, Chuck Grassley says he voted for it, but there's some video taken of the vote, and clearly <laughs> clearly Chuck Grassley voted against it. See, that's what these people do. They do whatever they can to shove it in the face of the Democrats, and how it affects the people be damned, but they know it's not going to play well, so what do they fucking do? They fucking lie about it, and that's what Grassley's doing. Grassley's about 150 years old. He's from Iowa. That fucker should be gone. You talk about cognizance, whether it be Donald Trump or uh, or uh, Joe Biden. This fucking guy can't keep his head on straight. This guy can't spew a complete sentence. And he's a fucking liar on top of it. All right. We are going to take a break. And we will be right back. Families have a lot going on. Well, Lindsey Graham is finding himself in all kinds of trouble. He's being implicated in this situation down in Georgia. He made a couple of calls to uh, Secretary of State Raffensberger. He's been asked to testify. He's been subpoenaed, and he's doing everything he can to avoid doing that. And the reason, of course, is because he'd have to do it under oath. He'll have to tell the truth. Now, whether that will compel him to tell the truth or not, but there's going to be some accountability if he decides not to tell the truth with a little thing called perjury. And he knows this. He's a lawyer, so he understands the potential problems. So, of course, he's going to try to avoid it, but he's not going to avoid it. He may very well be a target. Um, he should probably accept the subpoena and try to give his side of the story because the next thing that might come is an indictment, and that's something you cannot fucking avoid. But apparently, much like when I was talking to Raffensperger, Lindsey Graham has a very difficult time watching his mouth, and it gets himself in trouble, which is weird because he's been a longtime senator and he should know better. Now, Senator Lindsey Graham's received a warning early Sunday morning to follow the Senate's decorum rules after he accused Senator Maggie Hassan, a Democrat of New Hampshire, of being deceitful and dishonest and vowed, we're going to call you out. So he threatened her. This gives phony and cynical a bad name, Graham exclaimed, when Hassan introduced her amendment. Graham's outburst at Hassan's prompted Senator Chris Murphy, a Democrat of Connecticut, to sternly remind the South Carolina senator not to impugn the motives of a fellow senator. I mean, if you can do that, we've got plenty we could do against a number of senators uh, in the U.S. Senate. Murphy reminded Graham that, and all senators not to Impute to other senator or other senators any conduct or motive unworthy of or unbecoming of a senator. The admonishment came after Graham slammed Hassan, who faces a competitive re-election race this November for proposing an alternative to his amendment to strike a 16.4 cent a barrel tax on imported petroleum products and foreign oil refined in the United States. They wouldn't let you do this in a professional wrestling. If you think people are this dumb, you're going to be sadly mistaken, Graham fumed on the floor. Graham warned Democrats on Friday that the debate and a voterama on the budget reconciliation would be hell. That's what he said. He was threatening. He was playing the bully. If you don't do this, we're going to do something worse to you. Well, we've got through that on the Senate, and whether the voterama was hell or not, it's fucking done. It passed. Fuck you, Lindsey Graham. You're probably a little edgy because your future is uncertain. You go out there and commit crimes, and you find people that are willing to call you out. Well, I understand why you might be nervous. Graham accused his colleagues Sunday morning of fake theatrics after Hassan urged colleagues to vote for what she called her own amendment to strike the surcharge on barrels of oil, something she proposed moments after voting against Graham's amendment to repeal the surcharge. So let's see what the Republicans are for. They're for not capping insulin for people of this country. And while they bitch about... The cost of gas; they're unwilling to temporarily hold this surcharge, saving each and every one of us sixteen and a half cents for every gallon of gas we buy. Where's the problem? I mean, the U.S. government seems to have enough money when it comes to the uh, the uh, oil companies to give them a subsidy uh, subsidy. Which makes no sense to me. We were talking about this with uh, Ed Jones. Here are companies that make billions and billions and billions of dollars in profits. Why are we subsidizing them? Makes no sense. The key difference was that Graham's amendment was set at a 50-vote threshold and had a chance of passing if one Democratic voted yes, while Hassan's amendment had to overcome a 60-vote threshold and therefore had no chance of becoming part of the bill without 10 Republican votes. And it was probably um, it was probably theatrical in the sense, kind of shoving it back in his face. Why Lindsey Graham got so upset, I don't know. He goes on to say what she's doing is trying to strike the provision that she just voted against, but it requires 60 votes so she can vote for repealing a gas tax she just voted against, repealing. That makes no sense. Graham declared accusing Hassan of trying to look good for the voters. Really, Lindsay? You're complaining about that. You are the epitome of people that are trying to... Give the impression and hoodwink people into believing you're doing good for this country when, in fact, you're not. What you're doing is deceitful, it's dishonest, and we're going to call you out on it. There you go. There's the threat. The direct attack prompted Murphy to step in. And uh, Murphy's a well-established senator. And he said the senator... Senators are reminded to address each other through the chair and in the third person, he said. Senators are reminded to address all remarks through the chair in the third person and be mindful of Rule 19, he said. Murphy, as the presiding officer at the time of the heated exchange, could have ordered Graham to take his seat. The Senate Rule Number 19 allows the presiding officer to call to order a senator who directly attacks or insults a fellow senator. If such a formal rebuke is made, the offending senator's words will be read aloud to the Senate, and the presiding chairperson can order the senator to sit down and be quiet. Graham settled down after Murphy's warning because he knew what was coming. He didn't want to be any more embarrassed than he fucking was. Lindsey Graham is one of those people that is the biggest thorn in my side because he's such a phony, such a hypocrite. He needs to be exposed, and he needs to be run out of fucking town. And when I say town, I mean Washington, D.C. I have a feeling that uh, that um, Fonnie Willis down in Georgia might help us to do that. So let's hope. Now here's a dumb story, and you won't be surprised that it involves Marjorie Taylor Greene. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene on Saturday said no one— can convince her that the rioters behind the January 6th attack at the U.S. Capitol were not anti-fascist protesters and that she cannot wait for a real investigation to take place in an apparent snub to the House Committee's investigation's year-long probe. Wow. Now that is projection. And why is Marjorie Taylor Greene so adamant about this? Because we're going to find out she was involved with these not anti-fascist. And I would just ask a question. If what she is saying is true, that it was the anti-fascists that were attacking the Capitol, then why in the world did Donald Trump do nothing? If it was, in fact, Antifa, and he knew it was Antifa, and we know that Margie and and, uh, there were communications between Margie and the uh, White House, why didn't he do anything? You would think if there was ever a time that Donald Trump would be do anything, because he's a Mr. Tough guy, that he would do it and take down Antifa. It's absolute bullshit. It's ridiculous. It's laughable. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is the second dumbest woman in the House of Representatives because no one beats Lauren Boebert. Green was speaking with fellow 2020 election conspiracy theorist Mike Lindell. there's a lot of credibility. Also known as my pillow guy after attending the conservative political action conference in Texas. You know what I'm talking about. CPAC, that crazy fucking circus. When she made her unsupported claims and shared her shock at the day's violence. I was very upset. I never expected anything like that. Really, bitch? Then how can you help them plan it? That's exactly what you wanted to do. And when that happened, I thought, this is Antifa, and no one can convince me it was uh, so-called Trump supporters. And we know there's a lot wrong there, and I cannot wait for the real investigation, she said, while pointing a finger at anti-fascists. Let me ask you this, Margie. You're against anti fascists, which would suggest you are for fascists? Is that what you're owning up to? Is that what you're admitting to? Jesus Christ. Some people are so stupid. And I have such a low tolerance for stupid. <sighs> Man. The House ongoing investigation into the attack has featured sworn testimony from supporters of former President Donald Trump, detailing how Trump's rhetoric and his election loss fueled their decision to invade the Capitol. Now, one former White House aide testified that Trump knew his supporters were armed. Margie just told us they weren't his supporters, but Donald Trump knew they were, and threatening violence when they urged them to march on the Capitol. Despite this, and other mounting evidence showing to the contrary, Green went on to call the federal government's response to the riot, which was led to more than 800 arrests and more than 200 criminal sentences by the U.S. Attorney's Office. Political persecution. At the same time, she said those who did things they shouldn't have done should be treated better while behind bars. You mean like Antifa? Funny, not one Antifa member. Which there are no Antifa members, but nobody of that ilk was arrested. It was all Trumpmplfo. so if you're saying Antifa was doing it and Trumpflux were clearly there because they're being arrested, why didn't the Trumplifo do something? They're the tough guys, they're the militias, they're the ones that want civil war. They just let Antifa walk right by and do whatever the fuck they want. You need to get your- you need to get your story straight because you're sounding stupid at this point. She says, "Okay, they got charged for things they shouldn't have done. Okay, that happened. They deserve their day in court. They deserve their due process rights. But honestly, my gosh, what's happening to these people is so heartbreaking, she said. I was in that jail. I saw them. It's so sad. They hadn't bathed. They didn't have haircuts. They couldn't shave because they weren't vaccinated. They were treated worse if they weren't vaccinated. But what kind of country are we? Green added that the pro-life activist who recently made headlines for marching outside the Maryland home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh should be in jail. For what, Margie? They didn't charge his house. They didn't try to break in his house. They weren't saying they were going to hang him from a gallows. It's really ironic. I mean, it's, 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 it's so much gas, gaslighting and so much bullshit. It's almost laughable now. Nobody believes a word she says. Green has gone back and forth on whether she believes Trump supporters were involved in the destruction and violence, which left five people dead. Now, keep in mind, she was doing this at CPAC. So she's not smart enough to know that um, somebody other than her cronies would hear this. Apparently, she doesn't understand how news works. She felt she was in a, a safe environment. She could say these things and hype these people up. Maybe she didn't realize it would be exposed to the outside world. Now, Back in April, some of her text messages to then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows during the 2021 attack were published. And this tells a different story, revealing that she thought the protesters were members of Antifa dressed like Trump supporters. But she also asked Meadows to urge Trump to calm the rioters. So which was it? Which Trump would likely not have been able to do if they were in TIFA. You see, it's, it, she talks in circles, and she can't keep her own lies straight. She said, please tell the president to calm the people, her text message read. This isn't any way to solve anything. And, you know, I have a feeling she was all for it ultimately, but when she saw C was in danger, uh, the mood changed for her. A day later, she again texted Meadows, suggesting that Trump supporters were indeed involved, but they were desperate and instigated by Antifa. I don't think that President Trump caused the attack on the Capitol. It's not his fault. Antifa was mixed in the crowd and instigated it. And sadly, people followed. But when people try everything and no one listens and nothing works, I guess they think they have no other choice, she wrote. Again. Not one Democrat or liberal human being was arrested. These were all Trump-humping, Confederate flag-wearing, stupid motherfuckers that went to jail. And they deserve to go to jail. And if they are struggling and they aren't living a luxurious life, well, that's what fucking jail is all about. All right. A slate of Republican candidates who lost their primaries is attacking members of their own party. Yeah, they're going after one another. I mean, that's what they do. They eat themselves alive. They're claiming that the elections are rigged because they lost. In all elections, there were losers, but the fa- that fact was caused consternation among GOP officials, even in races against their own people. Ryan Kelly, Tina Peters, Candace Taylor, Jason Warner, and Mark Fincham are among the republicans complaining about <laughs> about their losses taylor in particular won just 3.4% of the vote yet she thinks she's entitled to win she thinks there was election fraud well, here's the ironic thing i don't think she understands how this works because the fact of the matter is is if there was election fraud keep in mind the only people Voting in these elections are Republicans. It's a Republican primary. I know there's some states where Democrats can vote too, and there's some of that going on, and I'll be perfectly honest. There are people or packs in the Democratic uh, world that are helping to fund Donald Trump's endorsees, the craziest amongst the candidates. They are send, Democrats are sending money in hopes they win. Because as I've told you before, we get these crazies running against the Democrats. They've got much better chance of winning. Case in point, Fetterman and Dr. Oz. Fetterman is kicking Oz's ass because Oz is a fucking carpet-bagging piece of shit, liar, conspiracy theory fuck. There's also another case, Warnock, down in Georgia for the Senate running against uh, Herschel Walker. The fact that Herschel Walker is running against Warnock is a fucking gift. It's a fucking gift. There's no way that Warnock's going to lose to Herschel Walker. He just keeps shooting himself in the dick and makes himself look like a horrible human being, which clearly he is. Now, if these folks are handed the levers of power, there is a concern that they can usher in a constitutional crisis, explained reporter Molly Jong Fast. At best, we enter a guaranteed a constitutional crisis, she explained. At worst, we have... At worst, we stop having free and fair elections. I mean, yeah, this is really scary. The one thing I would say that is totally fascinating to me is that almost all of the states where you have these people running are purple states, right? Like Arizona, these Trumpy candidates won, but they barely eked it out. So you're seeing these guys are coming up, you know, this is not Mississippi. These are purple states. And it just goes back to what I said before. By all means, let the crazies win the fucking candidacy. Let them run against the Democrats. It's going to be so much easier for the Democrats. The wilder, the louder, the crazier, the most ostentatious, obnoxious they can be. It's only good for the Democrats. And you know what? Mitch McConnell knows it, too. And he's upset about this whole thing. That's why he's saying if he loses in in 2022, he may resign. Don't be surprised if he resigns. ye you know this is a shit show, and once it starts the slide, it's not coming back for a while, certainly not in his fucking lifetime cause he's got ten minutes left looking at him. She explained that the so-called trumpy candidates can barely make it out of primary election, so if trump isn't is' can win a primary in the general election, it could end up being similar to Trump. So I do think this is a set that's particularly bad for the Republicans. Of course, having one party turn against democracy is bad for all of us, ultimately. But I think in this short stopgap, I think it will hurt Republicans. Eventually, who knows where this goes. So Molly Jong-Fast has some... Definite insights to this and obviously some definite opinions. And I tend to agree with her. I think that that Donald Trump's endorsees are going to do nothing but help the Democrats. You remember, Donald Trump doesn't give fuck all about the Republicans. He only cares about himself. He takes the person that likes him against the person who doesn't like them, whether they're qualified candidates or not. He supports them because that's what he does. And when they win, he acts like he's got all this power, but he doesn't. This is only regarding Republicans, and we know Republicans are fucks, so don't get excited about that. It's going to be much better when these idiots run against the Democrats. Donald Trump's endorsement won't be worth a shit. In fact, it may hurt him. Because, see, that's the thing. Mitch McConnell and all the Republicans know when it comes to the midterms, This shouldn't be um, a mandate against Donald Trump. They don't want him to be a focus at all. They want to focus on inflation and gas prices and things like that. That's where they can have a possible chance. But as Donald Trump inserts himself into all these uh, races, it's all going to be about Donald Trump. And remember, in 2020, he lost by 7 million votes. So this doesn't look good for the Republicans. Now, We're going to wrap things up with this one. I just, it's not a big story, but it's interesting to me. According to a report from Fox News, of all people, an alumni group from the college where Supreme Court Associate Justice Amy Coney Barrett received her undergraduate degree wants her booted from the school's Hall of Fame because they believe she lied her way onto the nation's highest court. Now, of course, this isn't a big deal. You're not going to be in your... Schools Hall of Fame, but it just goes to show what people are thinking of her. Usually, if somebody ascends to a Supreme Court justice from a college uh, you know they're an icon they're 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 uh, a hero of these people, but these people apparently are embarrassed now, Coney Barrett, who graduated from teeny. Rhodes College in Memphis, Tennessee, in 1994, is being accused by the group of having broken the school's honor code and therefore should no longer be deserving of a celebration. Agreed. Why would you reward somebody for that behavior. According to Adams Sabes of Fox, the Rhodes College alumni for reproductive rights sent their letter to school president Jennifer Collins and director of community standards Richard Adams stating that her descriptions of her judicial decision-making process are at odds with her actions after being confirmed. Now, in particular, the group cited her response to how she felt about Roe v. Wade where she told the Senate Judiciary Committee to define cases that are so well settled that no political actors and no people seriously push for their overruling. And I am answering a lot of questions about Roe, which I think indicates that Roe doesn't fall in that category. According to the letter urging her ouster, we believe that Amy, Justice Amy Coney Barrett is one of the biggest current threats to our fundamental rights, the stability of our nation, our democracy. Moreover, as a Rhodes alumni who pledged the same fealty, fealty to uh, truth, loyalty, and services as she did, we find her actions to be clear and perhaps history's most destructive to date. Violation of the honor code we hold dear. Again, this isn't a big story. Her school wants to take her out of the Hall of Fame. But listen to this. These are the people that should be proud of having a Supreme Court justice. And what are they doing instead? They're fighting against her. They're trying to keep her out because she's an embarrassment to them. The letter adds, simply being one of the most famous alumni is not sufficient reason for the college to continue honoring someone, thus who who has very publicly breached the most fundamental Rhodes values. Therefore, we respectfully request that Justice Barrett be removed from the Rhodes College Hall of Fame based on the above violations of the Rhodes honor system. Now, the question is, will they do it? No, they're not going to fucking do it. These people don't have courage. They don't have guts. But it's nice that these people stood up and spoke out, and that's important. Especially with the Supreme Court, we have to apply a lot of pressure on these people. We have since found out that within the Supreme Court, there really are no rules for them. They can do whatever they want. There's not even a code of ethics for the Supreme Court, which is... Unbelievable to me. So the only thing we can do as a people is to speak out, speak loud, speak proud, and keep speaking out and speaking loud until something is done about that. In our history, when people got loud and upset and protested and all these sorts of things, things changed because ultimately the politicians have to do what the popular popular vote would want to do. Now, we know the Republicans have gone against this all along, and they just, you know, they do whatever the fuck they want. But unfortunately for them, they are going to get a rude awakening in the next few months when the midterms come up. From overturning Roe v. Wade to the January 6th insurrection to all this stuff that they're involved in, they thought this would all help them to be winners in the midterms. But as dumb as they are, what they're finding out now is that it's likely going to hinder them, if not cost them the midterms. And frankly, it's too late for them to um, change in the middle of the stream. You know, you can't unring that bell. Uh, People can't unhear what they've said and what they've done. So they're stuck with it for the next few months. And it's not going to bode well for them when it comes to the midterms. People are going to say, Jesus, man, why in the world would I vote for somebody that's trying to take a constitutional right away from 50% of this country in Roe v. Wade? Why would they? It's unbelievable to me. Anyway, we're starting a week out. We'll see what happens. We'll be here every day to let you know what's happening, where it's happening, how it's happening, and how it's affecting things. Again, I want to remind you, if you have a question, comment, or complaint, by all means, please send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Now, if you want to be a guest on the program, I'm all for that. We've had some guests. Uh, recently, we had Jen and Ted. That was a great show. If we can get you on the air, uh, I guarantee you it'll be a great show. And, and I'll tell you this, too, and everybody who's been on will back me up on this. It's a pretty easy deal. I know it might be kind of stressful or nerve-wracking going on to a show like this and uh, trying to have to do a lot of things that you maybe think you can't do. Don't think of it that way. This is just you and me in a conversation talking about the stuff at hand. Same kind of thing you would do with a neighbor, your colleague at work, your friend or your family member. If you're talking about any subject, in this case, particularly politics, it's just going to be a conversation. And it's easy. And trust me, I'm not going to allow you to look bad. If I have to edit after the fact, I will edit after the fact. The Important thing is we get your insights and impressions and uh, opinions out there, because they count and they're, they're just as important as mine. So I want to encourage you to think about being on the show all right you have a great day and we will be back tomorrow thanks for listening to the rational boomer podcast don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode we'll see you next time